You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. going on guys welcome to another episode of peer pleasure with dewey halpus on equal vision records and sound talent media i am dewey your host with the most bringing you more great content week after week this week guys we have one of my favorite guitar players of all time and i'm serious when i say that he is one of the best guitar players one of the most creative uh one of the most uh, he just creates a mood he creates a feeling uh the dude is is just amazing and his name is ryan Fredrickson. He plays for uh, he played for Nine Iron Spitfire. Uh, these arms are snakes, dust moth, uh, narrows. The dude is incredible, incredible. Um, there's a lot of uh, fandom on this episode. There's a lot of gear talk on this episode as well. Um, and fittingly, it's Easter Sunday. I'm recording this, and my favorite record from These Arms Are Snakes is Easter. Um, so we decided to put that out on Easter Sunday. So Ryan Fredrickson is the guest. Uh, I hope you guys are stoked for that because I am absolutely stoked to bring it to you because he's a genius on the guitar um, and just a very humble dude. Um, and we had a great chat. So let's uh, get some business out of the way and we'll jump right in. So peer pleasure pod, uh, excuse me, peer pleasure pod at gmail.com is the email if you want to get in touch with me uh, with guest ideas or, or anything like that. Peerpleasurepodcast.com is the website. Uh, it has all the information there. So if you want to show someone the show, uh, you can definitely send them there. All the episodes and everything are there, but also you can send you know a link to Spotify. If you're listening to this on Spotify right now, uh, you can rate the show. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, you can actually write a review. So if you guys would do that, that would be amazing. Uh, you know, Rate, review the show. It helps us out, helps with chart position, helps with the algorithm, helps show the show is legitimate. 
um, as there are millions of podcasts out there. It's pretty incredible. If you look at the numbers where we sit in the world of podcasting, it's, it's kind of staggering how many are out there and also staggering how well this show has been doing. Um, it's something I don't take lightly, and I very much appreciate all the kind words and the word of mouth and everything else uh, that you guys provide <clears throat> Excuse me for this show. So I will keep trying to bring you great episodes. We've got a lot in the can, a lot scheduled, um, no signs of stopping. So uh, again, thank you so much for listening week after week. Uh, definitely check out the uh, premium service, the peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm. You get the videos of the episodes, you get the ad-free feed, and also access to the past cast as well. Um, yeah, what else has been going on? Uh, Deftones put on an amazing show the other night. Uh, they're back after years. As you guys know, uh, Chino's been a good friend of the show. And uh, I'm just so, it was so exciting to see them hit the first note of the first show back after all this time being away. Uh, and watching all the the nerves and excitement just explode at once, uh, it was incredible. So if they're coming to a town near you, go check them out. This this uh, ep- this <laughs> this episode, this tour's set list is incredible, uh, and they're just on fire. So uh, cheers to Chino. Uh, I know he's always listening to this one. Um, I hope everyone is is uh, being safe and and healthy out there with all this stuff going on. I know things are coming back around, but. Uh, yeah, I think we're, I think we're in a good spot. Just everyone do what you got to do for yourselves and, and just, just, man, fucking be nice to each other. Just do something nice for someone. I say it all the time, but, uh, it really comes back to you and, and, and helps make things better. You can start in your community, do a small thing and, uh, it's just a ripple effect. And hopefully that's something this show does for people is, is put them in a positive frame of mind or a frame of mind they can, they can relate to. Uh, and get them through something, get them through a commute, through a plane flight, through the dishes, through mowing the lawn, through a breakup. I mean, whatever it is, uh, hopefully putting this out in the universe is doing some good. So again, I'm just, I'm going to stop rambling guys. It's Easter Sunday, uh, up early with the kids doing the, the Easter thing and, and eggs and, and all that business. So I'm a little loopy right now, but anyways, let's get into this one. Here's my conversation with Ryan Fredrickson from These Arms Are Snakes.
How about now? There we are. Hey, I figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? I'm doing well, man. How are you? I'm doing great, man. I'm stoked we could do this. Oh, sweet. Me too. It's been on my list for a long, long time. Oh, no uh, shit. Since the episode I did with uh, Dave Varellen. Oh, yeah. Um, no shit. Yeah. I was like, man, I got to connect with Ryan. He's like, let me see what I can do. And then nothing happened. And then I got the uh, <laughs> email from Stephanie. I was like, man, let's make this happen because um, Perfect. I'll say this. We just start when this clicks on. It's not like a yeah, yeah. big intro thing, but uh, not to start off too, too uh, ass kissy, but you were one of my favorite guitar players of the last oh, 20 thank years. You, man. Uh, that is very kind of you to say. It's oh man so many so many great things that you've done and and um i've been a fan for a long time so i appreciate i appreciate the time and and you coming on to do this and oh i appreciate um, you man dude i i'm trying to think i first heard so these arms are snakes is the first thing i heard from you like it i know it's not Mm -hmm. in order but that's the first thing i discovered that you had done and and um it was in like a parking lot of spokane washington we were playing a club there uh man it was right when god it, it has to be on the first release because it was people were talking about it like these these guys are from these other bands and mm-hmm. uh so i was checking it out on tour and it was it was like a cdr or something yeah uh and it was it was incredible and so i just followed it from there and and uh getting to see you guys live a bunch of times um it was just incredible stuff and and uh, it was super, super interesting. Like it was always, and I'm a guitar player, so of course mm-hmm. I gravitate towards that. Um, but your style right. is just incredible, and and um, the things you were doing, like I think that's the reason I bought a whammy pedal. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like that's just awesome. the cool shit you can do. Like uh, it wasn't Tom Morello; it was you. And, and uh, uh, yeah, man. I, so so I'm just I'm just stoked to have you, and and. Um, Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate that. I had uh, so Jeff uh, Jeff Urquhart. The uh, he goes by King Banana Presents mm-hmm. here in the Northwest. Um, I hit him up today because you guys did a show. That I worked at a club called Loveland in Portland, and mm-hmm. uh, there was a show you guys yeah. did, and I couldn't remember the guy's name, but it was like this book event, and his name was Mark Rudd. Oh, and it was a long time ago, but you yeah. guys played, but there was like maybe 15 people there yeah. for some reason yeah and i got to just sit there in the front and just watch everything and you guys put on a show of, like you're playing for thousands of people <laughs> but it was like this special moment because it was like this is incredible why is there nobody here for one yeah uh, and getting to just watch like no one running into you or anything like watch everything it was like this it was like watching a sound check but full blast Right. And that always stuck with me, but I just couldn't remember the guy's name that the event was from. And uh, Mm -hmm. obviously you remember it, but uh, I could, I was racking my brain. So I hit him up this morning. I was like, dude, I got to know this guy's name. Like I got to figure this out. And uh, he hit me up like 20 minutes ago. He's like, I got it. Here it is. Oh, no shit. So uh, anyways, that was just one of those experiences that I'll I'll always remember just because it was such a, like a, an intimate experience with the band and that's um, awesome man it was good stuff so anyways uh how are you doing i'm doing well uh i want to i want to kind of get your story because that's one thing like i don't see a ton of stuff that you do uh press wise 
mm-hmm. or interview wise. And I'm really curious yeah. about your story where you come from and where, cause I mean, like I said, I'm a fan of what you do and I'm always curious what that spawned from, like where that came from. So are you from Seattle originally? Yep. Born, Born and, raised. and raised. Yep. Man. So tell me about growing up in Seattle because, and, and kind of how you got into music. Cause I'm really curious on that. Uh, I got kind of lucky coming into the music scene. My older brother, uh, uh, was good friends, um, with a lot of the older guys in the punk and hardcore scene, uh, John Pettibone, yes. uh, you know, you know, John, yes. right? Yeah. Good friend. Uh, so they went to high school together. And so that's how my brother kind of got into the punk and hardcore scene. And, uh, so my brother started dragging me along. Mm-hmm. When I was went to my first show in 1990, I was 13 years old. Oh, just eyes were just as big as fucking plates, man. Just yeah. I was in awe of everything that I saw there. So it was just it was cool to see music on such a personal level. Mm-hmm. And I was that was it for me. That that introduction was all I needed for me to get into punk and hardcore. Man, do you remember yeah. what what bands were on that show? Yeah, dude, it was um, Shelter. Okay. Yep. Uh, fuck. I can't, Undertow played it. <clears throat> um, God, I can't remember. I want to say this band called Warm Fuzzy also played. Okay. Uh, which I think ended up being one of the guys from Link, maybe. Okay. Uh. But yeah, that was my first show experience. And then they played uh, at my parents' house the very next day. Uh, Played in our backyard. And the funny thing is that I had, uh, I played soccer as a kid. Uh And I had a soccer game that day. So I didn't even get to see that show, which was hilarious. Yep. So I got, uh, I guess, uh, half of Shelter. Like there used to be nothing but woods behind my folks' place. It was, mm-hmm. it was like a, a green belt, so they weren't allowed to uh, build anything back there. Okay. So half of shelter went wandering out into the woods and got lost, and my folks had to go. Uh, my dad had to go find them. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was just like from from that point on, I was I was I was sold, man. I went to every show that I could, uh, and just kind of grew up with it as a part of me. So, wow. So you, your older brother, so you, did you guys have a musical family or was just your brother was into it and brought you in? <clears throat> it was my brother's into it. Uh, my dad, uh, just was, has been enamored with music his whole life. Just never played music, but just every night had something on the turntable, always jamming something out. So it was just kind of, grew up with the musical ear, I guess. And so we, my whole family just loved music. And so when I had my intro to punk and just seeing people that were a little older playing music, it was just, that's it for me, man. I'm in. Yeah, dude, that's us. You're getting like song structures and, and uh, melodies and everything just weaving through your subconscious. Like totally so great. Yeah. So great. Is your brother, is your brother in a band as well? 
No, okay. my brother, my brother never ended up playing music. He, I, I think he always, uh, wanted to, but his path was a little different than mine. Okay. Um, but he still comes out all the time. He's been on, he came on tour with snakes a few times. Like he loves it, man. He's still head over heels for, uh, music and punk indie scene or whatever. Yeah. That's excellent. Okay. So when did you pick up guitar then? If, if you, so you're the one that plays. So when did that happen? So my dad's friend, uh, probably when I was like 11 or 12, um, brought a guitar over cause he played. And I like, as soon as I picked that up, same thing, just fell in love with it immediately. Uh, ended up getting a guitar when I was I don't know, 12, maybe 13 years old okay. and started learning how to play. Uh, I took lessons for a little while, but it was, they were trying to teach me stuff like cream. And mm-hmm. I just wasn't interested in playing stuff like that at the time. It was just like, it's gotta be punk. It's gotta be fast. It's gotta be hardcore or nothing. And so I figured out pretty quick that it's all just power chords. So it's, I, I don't need a damn teacher. I can do all this on my own. So then I just started playing, had quite a few like false starts, start a band and then just like either flaky people or whatever, nothing kind of really stuck until, um, Pettibone, uh, John Pettibone, mm-hmm. he asked me to play with him in nine irons Spitfire, mm-hmm. And that was with quite a few other friends of mine. So, um, I think that was when I first caught the, the bug of like, this is what I want to do with my life. Uh, cause we went on, we did a U.S. tour with botch and ink and dagger. And, uh, that was one of the most fun times I've ever had in my life was that tour. And so that that's definitely when I was like, this is it for me. This is what I want to do. Yeah. Dude, so then, incredible. um, we kind of split up after we got home from tour. I think it was just like, too tight a quarters for us. So we all kind of didn't really get along all that well. And um, we had talked about moving to Philly because we got along with the Ink and Dagger guys really well. And so I ended up moving to Philly. Uh, and then this gal I was dating, um, she wanted, to, she was originally from Louisville. So we ended up moving to Louisville and I, I hated Louisville, couldn't stand it. So I moved back to Seattle. And then, uh, same thing, a couple more false starts, uh, and then started playing with snakes and, you know, dove in head first and kind of went for it from there. Yeah, dude. So was that when that nine iron spitfire botch tour was, was Pettibone still doing lights and stuff for botch at the time? Uh, no, this is way before then. Okay. So actually that tour, John, <clears throat> us and John parted ways probably about three to four months before that tour. Oh, okay. Uh, so Damien took over, uh, vocal duties. And so, did, and Morgan, the bass player, uh, okay. they both kind of sang. And so we were just down to a four piece for that tour. So, um, it was a little, uh, our, you know, it started changing probably about a year before that. And so musically we were going a, quite a different direction than what John was wanting to do. So mm-hmm. we just decided to part ways. Um, so we listened to less hardcore stuff and more like distorted pony and, and the shellac type 
you know, big black, that sort of thing. Yeah. So we started heading that direction. Um, and then, uh, that after that tour, we just kind of split up and, uh, I, I, uh, Damien and I ended up moving in together for, uh, we lived together for probably like two or three, three, four years. So it's still all in the family and shit. So, yeah, you know, this music scene in Seattle has always been pretty tight knit. Dude, there's so much history in Seattle. There's mm-hmm. so much history in the Seattle scene versus, I mean, people see the like the surface level, like the grunge stuff and everything, else, but there is so much more going on. Yeah. It's incredible the amount of lineage that's in Seattle that people oh, don't totally. even see. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you could do a, a fucking two-month miniseries on just oh, the easily. hardcore scene in Seattle. Yeah. I, a buddy of mine, Aaron Edge, you probably know or possibly mm-hmm. know, he uh he's been on the show three times i think but he his stories of the seattle scene like just moving out from from uh uh, the east coast and just kind of getting immersed into it i think he went to a show the night he moved there (laughs) and that was it like that whole that whole time just insane i i was in alaska at the time so i saw none of it i missed all of it um but it's a scene i wish i was a part of (laughs) wholeheartedly but, uh, it was so much fun. What part of Alaska are you from? Uh, Wasilla. So oh, where's uh, that? It's like fifty. I think it's like it's an hour outside of Anchorage. Oh, okay. Um, so I grew up on a small island up there uh, till I was eleven, <laughs> and then from eleven to eighteen, I was on the mainland, Alaska. So nice, interesting. It was interesting, but there was, I mean, there was a solid punk scene up there, but all this stuff that was blown up down here and like just. It, that's what we wanted to have we right. tried to make it happen and we got somewhat there but nowhere near the the amount of um influential bands coming out of yeah. it right um did anything did anything happen of note in philly or louisville musically for you like like uh like bands you discovered or you know changes in in your playing style like anything that was that you could call those like a pivotal moment or was it kind of just a bump in the road? I think it was just kind of a bump in the road. It was a, you know, it was something that I needed to do at the time. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and I look back on it fondly. I I think that time in my life awesome. It was definitely needed, but, um, you know, at that point I was just kind of, tread water. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, what do I do? Do I go back to school, like go to college or do I keep playing music? So when I actually moved back to Seattle, I started going uh, to college. I went to graphic design school Okay. at Seattle central community college. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I started, I went through that whole program. And then once I graduated from that, um, that's when I started getting back more into music. Cause I was way more up my, up my alley and my speed okay did you did yeah. you start doing did you do designs for any of the bands mm-hmm. awesome so a, a lot yeah. of it or yeah a lot of all the snake stuff for the most part um the narrow stuff uh-huh. uh and then my current band uh green and i both share those duties so we have a it's a good collaborative effort. Excellent, dude. That's that's incredible to know that. I I uh, mm-hmm. I love 
that artwork. Like, it, oh, thanks, it's man. Great, man. Like, it's it's so. Oh, that's awesome. I did not know that at all. I'm I'm a little oh. embarrassed. I didn't know that at all. <laughs> I spent so much time with the music and and uh, that's that's great. So you have yeah. like a full all encompassing uh, role in in these bands. It's yes, it's incredible. Okay, so top to bottom, dude. Yes, absolutely. So discovering and and like moving moving into like the more angular stuff like the less hardcore like mm-hmm. definitely influenced the snakes like you can tell yeah. like and, and that's what was so great about it it's just there's it was almost uh the empty parts were almost more impactful than mm-hmm. the other parts right like it's 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 that dynamics and um uh just utilizing everything utilizing the space utilizing uh utilizing the 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 heaviness and the just blending it all together like it's a weird it's hard to explain but like mm-hmm. the 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 empty moments were placed just perfectly right like to yeah. where it was really impactful and made everything else sound bigger yeah that's one thing that bands have such a hard time grasping i think is the dynamics and that's something yeah. you guys crushed i was and, gonna uh, say that the dynamics were something that we actively went after so, you know, you, if you have, you know, 20 heavy parts in a row, it's, is it even heavy anymore? It's not. Mm-hmm. So you need to have, you know, those, you know, that pixie style of the quiet, loud, quiet. Yes. And then shitty rups at the end, you know, and levels the whole, you know, levels everything, sets it on fire. So that's kind of the intent of the band early on. For yeah. Sure. Dude, and being and being like a single guitar player as well, like trying mm-hmm. to fill the stage with that space. I used to do that. I would put a cab on each side of the stage and run them in mm-hmm. stereo yeah. to try to fill the sound. But then I was trying to fill every moment with music, right? And it just didn't work. Like yeah. you, you had to step back and let everything shine. And that yeah. you guys harnessed that so well, um, you know. And and playing with Brian too, like Jesus Christ, like he's been was, on the show too. He's, yeah, he's incredible. But he is. Uh, such an he's amazing one of those, talent. He's one of those assholes. He picks up anything and he's good at it. He's just <laughs> and having him be part of the band was great because he brought so much thunder and he uh used great at arrangements as well. So he was a big pivotal part of you know how all that shit sounded together. So yeah. Dude, do you Gotta remember when it. things really like when things really clicked with snakes where you really felt like this is this is something. Do you do you did it take a few releases or was it pretty pretty early on? It was pretty early on. I think we uh, we were. It kind of it was a bit of a slow start. There was a different drummer and a different guitar player that I was playing with, and um, it's kind of everything was kind of forced at that time. We were trying to do something we're heading in a direction that we were just trying a little too hard for. Mm -hmm. And then, um, we got a different drummer and it started going a little bit easier. And then we grabbed Brian and we would just play together. Like every practice, you know, we'd play for like two hours and nothing would really come out of it. It was just a jam session that Mm -hmm. didn't sound all that great. And so, the other guitar player when he wasn't around is when we really started clicking and started, you know, putting everything together and having ideas that kind of felt like they were something. And then we asked Steve to join in and, and, uh, it just kind of took off from there. Man. I love that. I, I, uh, 
one of my favorite <laughs> favorite tracks is Abracadabra. Like the, mm-hmm. the the that's when like the whammy, I was saying the whammy pedal. Like yeah. the, the, the it's the first real time I really heard what it could do, and like all the like just uh, I'm pretty sure what was going a lot of the parts like uh, on that record for for what it was like cycling through mm-hmm. the the with yeah. the knob on there cycling through the different um, uh, octaves. and then but that that uh there's that break in abracadabra that that is like it's just drums and and uh that really wailing so haunting uh it evokes emotion in me like that's one of the things that really makes me gravitate towards a band is is that uh if it makes me feel something like that and so i was just waiting to see that song live and it didn't disappoint. It was pretty nailed it. <laughs> but I was like, that you can make a whammy pedal do that. Like it seems so simple. Yeah. But for the life of me, I would have never discovered anything like that without that yeah, stuff. Man. And oh man. Brian and I were we got pretty nerdy with our pedals, like even early on. I feel like um our first LP, we got this uh sampling pedal. Mm-hmm. And so we tried to use as many tricks as we could with that pedal. We stole a lot of our like ideas from Don Caballero, just the way that they sampled and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then for the second LP Easter, that's when we discovered the whammy pedal. And it was like, Oh shit, this thing is incredible. It's just so versatile. <laughs> yes, it absolutely is, man. I, I used, uh, I used it on our, one of our records where I use it. I took the, um, uh there's that little nut underneath it i took i loosened it way up or took it off one of the two Mm -hmm. to where you could just tap the pedal and it would flop like this yeah so you just do it really fast with a like a dd3 and you stand on the dd3 on that little sample loop and just flutter the flutter the whammy pedal you could do some crazy shit but i took it to where uh I, i left it all the way up and then i would slam it down into this like thunderous sound that would just make the stage shake and we named the album we invented thunder because of that uh and it literally sounded like thunder like you make your guitar sound like anything else yeah it was so inspiring yeah uh and then yeah trying but then trying to remember what you did in certain parts (laughs) is like totally you can't like you yeah you have to have a notebook with that thing absolutely Um, but yeah watching you watching you I wouldn't say master it, but like watching you work that thing was really cool because, and that was one of those shows, the one I was talking about with Mark Rudd, where I could just stand there and watch what you were doing. Mm-hmm. And that was really like, okay, that's how that works. You know, that's yeah. where those sounds come from. Um, but a lot of it is also in the fingers, right? It's in the hands. Mm-hmm. You could give someone else, uh, tell someone else to play that and it would sound completely differently, I think. Totally, 100%. Um, which is really special about uh you know bands that are they're so great like um but when you guys started discovering pedals and started working through that stuff i mean did it kind of take over the take over the writing process like was it more like let's add more pedals or figure out what we can with what we have it was a lot of figuring out what we can with what we have Mm -hmm. uh so you know each record i mean we're broke as shit so it's just like every record we be able to pay for one new pedal mm-hmm. and so it was always just like so for that first record it was the head rush and then the 
Easter, it was the whammy pedal. And so just trying to utilize what we had and basically doing everything we could to use it the way that it's not intended to be used. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it was just exploiting the pedal as much as we can to get as much out of it. Man, was there musicians you guys were looking at that were doing things like that? I know Hendrix did stuff with his pedals differently, putting mm -hmm. like wah pedals backwards and getting the crazy sounds. Like, mm -hmm. uh, were there other artists you guys were looking to that were you were seeing that in and and kind of emulating, or was it kind of just? I think from the heart? big one was Don Caballero, like just the way from that, the samples. Yeah, just the way that. Um, did the fast sample rate. So it just sounded like a, uh, uh, that, that sort of thing. That's where we got, uh, that idea for, um, song is it shit sisters. Okay. Um, so it's just a really fast sample rate and just use it as much as we could throughout that whole song. And that was the, we used the head rush for that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Those are sought after pedals now, man. Those got expensive yeah, fast. Yeah. <laughs> It's wild. They, they look so archaic, but they're just awesome. Like the the even just the knobs are I think are plastic, yeah. like rubbery yep. plastic. Like a um God, I, I would look at it and be like, what is this thing? But then you yeah, plug it in. Two versions too. There's the 1.0 or whatever. It's just mm. like a silver box. And then the 2.0 is more of a blue, dark yes. blue. The dark and blue. that one's harder to do the stutter fast sample rate thing. Mm -hmm. Because they implemented this thing, so if you hit both pedals at the same or both knobs at the same time, mm -hmm. uh, it switches the mode that it's in. So it goes from being a looper to a delay pedal. Yeah, and so that kind of fucked with the way that we did that. So um, I ended up going through two of them, and I had to. It was really hard to find the version 1.0 mm -hmm. for a while because Akai stopped making them, and you know, reverb didn't exist. And all that shit. So it was really hard to find them. Yeah. So once I was able to find it again, it was, it, I sucked at the 2.0. I fucked it up every single time. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Can you imagine if Reverb was around before 2010? Oh, man. <laughs> it been incredible. Yeah, dude. It would have changed the, the history, man. I, oh. I'm going to ask you this because I was talking to uh, Dave Knutson the other day and, and uh, mm -hmm. he put out that video now. Um, with the new DL4 MK2, mm -hmm. have you tried that thing? I haven't. I just saw it the other day. That thing looks amazing, insane, and they made it smaller for the board and mm -hmm. every like they took all the crazy shit out of it that you don't need. The battery compartment. Yeah, I never nerd out on guitar stuff on this show, but like this is awesome. Like, watch <laughs> just watching him play that thing and and uh, what do you say? If I could have three pedals, it would be a DL4, a DL4, and then the other DL4. So like, yeah. <laughs> I made that the sounds joke. Sounds about right for him. I made the joke to him. They needed to call it the Dave L4 when they made a new one, and they didn't do. They didn't do that. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I love that guy, man. And and uh, so I was. I yeah. You got to try that thing out, man. I I think uh, with that that reverb feature underneath, like the hidden yeah, menu, that's that kind of awesome. shit. Oh, there's gonna be some good stuff coming. I know. Yep. It. I know it. There's so many cool nerdy pedals that are coming out in the past few years too. So it's it's a pretty good time for being a guitar player. Yeah, man, you should go on. There's a podcast called The Tone Mob. A buddy of mine, Blake, does that. It's all like guitar. Oh, stuff. I haven't heard that. Oh, it's it's awesome. It's great. He's on the same network and um, 
we we I wouldn't say pass people back and forth, but if someone's on, it's like, man, this would be a good fit. Like I'll I'll bring it up to him. Um, because he's a like he does YouTube videos and stuff, with guitar uh-huh. stuff, and he's got all these pedals. Like they, he just made that. Um, you may I don't know if you saw it, but uh, I think it's big ear pedals. It's the pizza slice of pizza pedal. It's a fuzz pedal. Oh shit! And it I comes in a pizza box. It's printed with crust and pepperoni and everything Dude, else. That's amazing. It's it's awesome. It's a fuzz pedal. It's rad and and uh, he's doing really well with that stuff. Anyways, I'll I'll bring you up to him because uh, I know he's a fan of the bands and uh, I think you guys would have an awesome time nerding out on so guitar is it stuff. Tone knob. Tone mob. Tone mob. M O B. Yeah, the tone mob and uh, yeah, he's at. I mean. He has like, yeah, people from the Melvins on, uh, Kyle Gass from Tenacious D. Like it's all over the map. And then oh, like pe- pedal makers as mm-hmm. well come on the show. Anyway, but uh, his name's Blake. He's great. Um, I think you guys would hit it off on the on the gear side. But, I um, love that. Um, so with with snakes, when snakes initially uh, disbanded, mm-hmm. um, was that a fairly quick happening, or was that? like a long drawn out process. Like it should have happened earlier. Um, oh, it, it happened pretty quick. I I think the, uh, the last record we did, I mean, the amount of touring that that band did was unreal. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were on tour for probably about six to nine months out of the year for nine years straight. Jesus. So it was just like a lot in, you know, and, and that whole time period just blazed right by. So it was just by the time the end came around, it was like, holy shit. You know, we've been at this for a long time. And I feel like I've aged 40 years <laughs> because of it. So, yeah, it was. but when it was done, it was done. I, I think, you know, the the lifestyle that goes along with that, just you get into you know, you drive, you get into the venue, you crack open a beer. Next thing you know, you're pretty drunk when you start the show. And then, you know, basically it ended up being Brian being the only one that could drive every night. Really? And I think that just fucking wore on big time. So I, I think that was when it was done, it was like, dude, this, this needed to happen for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. Was that a big reason? Was the substance like the the drinking and stuff, or was just the the lifestyle? Like you're saying, being on tour that much, uh, or was that, or was that what was? I mean, being in bands myself that have come to an end on tour, uh, mm-hmm. was it the combination of of drinking because you were done uh, to get through the touring, which then led to Brian being worn out, which then well, I think we all still got along really well. Okay. Uh, I think Brian was pretty, and I can't speak for Brian. Sure. So, um, but just from my perspective, I'm guessing he got tired of being the babysitter. Mm. Okay. And so, you know, our drinking was insane. You know, in our friend groups, we were known for being like the drinkers. Okay. So it was just non-fucking-stop. Every just drunk as shit every day on tour, like never taking a break from it. Like, So I, I think, you know, like I said, I think Brian just got tired of that shit and was ready to call it. Where did that go? You're talking like day drinking everything, just like getting up and oh, just yeah. going to town. Where did that, where did that going to town. spiral go after Snakes broke up when you're back home? 
for me, it got worse. Really? Because I didn't know what the fuck I was doing with myself anymore. Like that had become part of my identity was that band. Mm -hmm. Because that's all I'd done my entire adult life up to that point. So my drinking just got worse and worse and worse. And uh, got to the point where just had to call it. You know, it got so bad. Uh, a lot of my friends were just like, dude, you got to fucking do something about this, man. So I just quit drinking and I haven't had a drink since. And that was nine years ago. Dude, congratulations on that. Yeah, man. That's huge. Thank you. On yeah. your own. Yep. Just put it away. Yep. Wow. That is not what I usually hear on yeah. this show. I had um, a lot of help with friends and family. Yeah. But, you know. Because that can be super dangerous too, quitting cold turkey like that. Like people oh, die yeah. from that, which is insane to me that that happens. Yep. But man, good on you for that, man. That's that's incredible. Yep. Feels fucking great, man. Saved your life. Yep. Big time. Mm. So things changed drastically after that then when you got yep. your your life back. And Cleaned up. Yep. Started playing music again mm -hmm. with uh, another group of folks. Um, and at the start of it, I was still drinking and it was, you know, it was a fucking problem for sure. But, um, once I cleaned up, it's everything that, you know, the fog lifts mm -hmm. and then, you know, you start seeing things a hell of a lot clearer. And so playing music was a lot of fun again. Yeah. So it was, it was a totally different group of folks. So it was just brand new again. You're getting to know each person, you know, on a personal level of mm -hmm. course but also on a professional level you know in the way that they play and uh in the way that you know their mind works in the writing process so mm -hmm. it was fun as shit again so i really you know it's hard for me to stay away from it yeah that's dude i can't that's that's so great and uh, i quit drinking in 2007 and oh, nice. uh, it, it it's like I guess I smoked for a few years in, in high school, mm -hmm. but when I quit smoke, it was just, it, it's silly to compare the two, but when I quit smoke food, the way food tasted, everything smelled better. It tasted yeah. better. Like all these things have been just dulled down totally. for so long. Just, it's like, just a breath of fresh, it's like being just born, born again for a, a lack really of a is, term. Man. Yeah. Was this new I group agree. of people, Narrows? Uh, no, Narrows was, um, still around when snakes were around. Okay. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey. I want to tell you about some new releases coming up from Equal Vision Records. As you guys know, Equal Vision Records is my family, and so are these bands. I really want you to check these out. We've got Hot Water Music with their 10th studio album, Vows, out May 10th, featuring guest appearances by Dallas Green of City and Color, Thrice, The Interrupters, and Brendan and Daniel from Turnstile. See them on the 30th anniversary tour with Quicksand in the States in May and June and Europe in November. Hotwatermusic.com for more info. We also have Be Well with their new 7-inch, A Tap I Can't Turn Off, out now. First new music in two years from this band. This band is incredible, featuring members of Battery, Bane, Darkest Hour, and Fairweather. See them on tour with I Am The Avalanche in June. Equalvision.com for more info on that. And just your general information on Equal Vision Records, you're always going to find something you like at equalvision.com. 
Go there for vinyl and merch from all of your favorite bands. Check out Hot Water Music's new record and B-Well's new 7-inch now. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, DistroKid. DistroKid distributes your music across all online platforms. They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks, and they're going to be with us for a while, and I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies, and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, they have an awesome thing they're doing right now called Splits. Now, if you're working as most people are online, doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online. And splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits. And all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, you can use Spotify Canvas, synced lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze. And you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid. And I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. Distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now. Distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for 30% off. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure, our premium subscription service that's available now. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. There's three tiers, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier one is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier two gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier three is $20 a month. That gets you all of that. It gets you the Passcast, gets you the video footage, discounts on merchandise, and monthly Zoom calls well, with myself and other guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in there for you. There's all kinds of stuff in there for you now. There is, uh, I believe, 30 to 40 videos of these interviews. There is uh, multiple episodes of the Passcast. The Passcast is a podcast that I'd started separately that is me and another podcaster or me and a guest uh, discussing a deep dive into their favorite episode of Peer Pleasure. 
Um, so there's a bunch of those on there. So, so-and-so and I would talk about the Chino Moreno episode. So-and-so and I would talk about uh, the Yvette Young episodes. And we would do a deep dive and tell where they came from, how we got the guest, stories of, of that weren't discussed on the podcast or maybe weren't in there. Um, it's just another glimpse behind the curtain. So that's the big deal with this premium service is giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of how the podcast is made, gives you access to things I'm doing and things that we're doing with the show, um, gives you, you know, ad free stuff. It gives you just all kinds of, of things that we could throw in there to help make it a valuable part of your month. Cause I put everything out there on this show. I put everything I have into this show. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. Um, but like narrows caught the shit end of the deal as far as my drinking goes fucked up a couple shows really bad, you know, was, you know, I'm sure I'm somewhat embarrassed for myself, but I felt worse for them mm-hmm. to have to, you know, put up with that bullshit, but they were all really helpful in me getting clean as well. So, man, cause that music was incredible as well. Like just crushing. Oh, thanks. Like, it was man. So, so good. I just, that shit I just, was fun. Yeah. I, I wish I saw that band live because all I heard was the records. I mean, YouTube videos and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it's just so crushing and hearing Dave's again, like, yeah. So, cause I never got to see botch either. I, I yeah. missed the boat on that. And, uh, he's okay. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he's all right. He, he told me the story of, of, uh, the firefighter swig. He, he, I said, did anyone ever mm-hmm. recognize you? And he's like, actually, yes. Some kid came out while they were like working on somebody. You're like, by the way, are you, are you singing for botch? <laughs> <laughs> it actually happened like mid like life saving. Of course. Uh, anyway. Of course it did. Yeah. So that was wow. a hilarious story, but, um, that was awesome, dude. So yeah, narrows was incredible, but yeah. And you guys were on death wish, right? Yes. How did you guys connect with them? Were you, did you guys tour with converge at all or, or uh, no, we didn't. Uh, Rob is really good friends with those dudes. He's okay. been friends with them forever. Um, so that's kind of how that whole thing came about. So it's just kind of, it was weird. It all happened so fast mm-hmm. um you know basically from the point where they asked me if i wanted to play to putting out our first seven inch felt like two weeks i mean obviously it was a lot longer than that but yeah that's you know how fast it it moved so it was it was pretty wild dude they were amazing you know to us you know they helped us out big time like playing shows on the east coast mm-hmm. they'd help us out so it was it was a it was a really cool experience. Dude, I've never heard a bad word spoken of Death Wish from any band mm-hmm. that's been on Death yep. Wish. They were great. It's a huge, a huge thing. Uh, and just, yeah, they take care of it. If there's, if I have someone on from a Death Wish band and I forget to tag Death Wish, they're like, oh man, tag Death Wish. They love this stuff. And it's like, bam, <laughs> Death Wish posts it. They're all over it, man. Dude, uh, that's awesome. When did, when did Dustmoth come along? Dustmoth came along um, probably what like 2012 2013 something like that okay 
basically it was just um mark from undertow mm-hmm. uh he had just moved back from la and so him and i've been talking about playing together for years mm-hmm. uh and so it kind of became his and my pet project okay you know we just obsess we're super into like the heavy aspect of things but also loved my bloody valentine and mm. uh shit like that so it's just in doves i yeah. don't know if you're familiar with doves yeah. but it's just like layered like fucking crazy so that's kind of the direction we wanted to head in and then our friend uh jc who played in that band spark marker way back as well uh so we asked him to start playing with us as well and so it just kind of we wrote like probably four or five songs demoed three of them and irene came along uh and sang on it and it was for me it was the first time ever ever playing with anybody that has like a classically trained singing voice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, i'm used i've always been used to like people screaming and yelling or or whatever so that was really cool for me to be able to play with somebody that has that kind of vocal range so yeah dude i i just and this is i'm also embarrassed about this i just discovered dust moth uh, this week. Oh, that's okay. This yeah. week, I had no idea. Yeah, I don't know how I've been out of the out of the loop on that for so long. That's when you said that. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> where have I been? Yeah, because I follow that stuff, but I, I did not have any idea until this week, and I have been jamming it like crazy. Oh, nice! It's so great, and uh, the, of course, I went to Spotify and and uh, annular eclipse. Mm-hmm. that really brought me back to snakes totally with that slide and everything like yeah so great i was like yes okay because like you can hear <laughs> your your imprint on things it's not even saying like right. it takes me back to snakes it's just your style that's it, very it's not flattering like, i love hearing that that's awesome thank dude, you absolutely man and that's a that's a hard thing to do to be mm-hmm. identifiable without like eyesight right like mm-hmm. you can tell who it is yeah. just by the sound like you know hendrix or you know there's people that pick up an instrument and it just like kind of that power comes through and like the energy um but and then the nuance as well yeah in that tone and i mean it's just it's your playing and now i feel like i'm going backwards on like working my way back to the catalog because of course spotify i'll just click the first song Mm-hmm. And that was the first track that I heard, which is off a brand new record, pretty much. Right. So now I get to work my way backwards, which is exciting because uh, I I love stuff like that. It's like a journey. Oh, yeah. So, um, cheers on that because that that band Thank is, you. is I awesome. I appreciate that. Are you guys Are you guys going to be touring with that band too? Uh, yes, we uh, we're as active as we can be. I mean, all yeah. of us are in our forties. Uh, Jim's almost about to turn 50. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody has lives, so it's not like we can jump into it the way that I used to be able to, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, we have, we're, uh, we're supposed to go out with girls against boys in February. Okay. But because of COVID and shit, we had to postpone it. Mm-hmm. So we'll be going out with them later this fall. Okay. Are you guys hitting Portland? 
Uh, yes, we usually hit, hit Portland quite a bit. Actually, I will be there. Absolutely, Sweet. I, I I will be there with bells on, man. I oh, I'll, I'll so let you stuff. know next time we're coming down. That'd be excellent because uh, even if it's Seattle too, like I'm close. I, my my mom still lives <laughs> up in in Renton, um, oh, so I'm nice. up there every once in a while, and and like. Yep. I try to do pocket like so Dave when Dave Knudsen comes back on, I may just pop up there on a weekend and do it or something. In person's so much better. Like that's why I have mm-hmm. the zoom on, just because it makes the conversation better when you can see each other. Totally. Uh, for years I did just over the phone or randomly in person is way different. But yeah. Um but yeah, I would love to see Dustmoth live. And of course, uh you guys are doing this this these arms of snakes tour. Um yep. which you guys are coming. I think it's July june and july june and yeah. july and you so that's yeah. july is when you hit portland um i think we are look not at it again. doing portland actually really i thought i saw yeah. it on the dates nope damn it yeah <laughs> <laughs> sorry wow i can't i wonder what i was looking at that said that um you guys are doing seattle of course nope no nope. what happened there we're doing uh, a few. We're playing um, Denver, Chicago, and uh, New York, and then in July we're going down the West Coast and we're just doing Oakland and L.A. Wow. Okay, then. Mm-hmm. So, tell me this: what what spawned uh, putting out this this? It's a double LP, right? Like the mm-hmm. the rarity stuff, and then doing some shows. Like what what spawned you guys getting back together to do that? Um, that's a great question. We, um, I guess a while back, uh, Ben Varellen, yes. uh, he played drums with us for, for quite a while before Chris did. Okay. So, uh, Dustmoth was playing with his other band. Helmsley. Uh, no, not Helmsley. Um, Constant Lovers. Oh, okay. He plays drums in that band. So we were going to play a show together and uh, he had the idea of saying, Hey, how about, you know, you and me, we'd get together, like uh, see if Brian and Steve want to come up and play a couple snake songs mm-hmm. <clears throat> just cause just for the hell of it. And so we did that. And then it kind of got the ball rolling on like, Oh, that was fun. Like let's, we should do something else at some point in time too. And then the idea of the uh, B sides or rarities i should say uh lp came out or came up and so i talked to david at suicide squeeze Mm -hmm. and he was really stoked on the idea so it's like okay cool so we got the ball rolling on that uh and then it was he asked us if we would play to kind of help promote the release and so everybody was on board so it's just like fuck man why don't we just play uh this was last year mm-hmm. why don't we just play a show have fun and then we'll play again when the uh, when the record comes out and so then uh brian is such a busy fucking dude mm-hmm. you know the guy's in 40 million bands and they all tour all the time <laughs> so uh trying to find that time slot where we could slide in there uh wasn't possible for when the record comes out mm-hmm. next month because he's going to be gone so we're like, shit, why don't we play shows, see if anybody, uh, well, we were planning on playing just Seattle, but then after the last show, 
in August this past year, uh, we started getting a lot of people asking us to come to, you know, their respective cities. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I guess people give a shit. So um, let's do it. So that's kind of how all that came about. That's amazing. Are you are you, and Brian is in a million bands. I just saw that <laughs> where they just play with corn and system of a town in fucking arenas. Uh, incredible. I wish I could have been there so for that. Incredible. It's amazing. So incredible. He's such a great person. I, I, he's, he's wonderful. He really is. Um, yeah. you're surrounded by so many amazing people, uh, mm-hmm. up in that scene. You yourself being an amazing person as well, Thank but you. like the just the amount of like the, the friendships and just when you just look at it as a, as a, um, uh, like as a viewer, like just looking at the, the lineage and then the friendships and where they started and what mm-hmm. they took people to like some of the craziest places ever yeah. starting from just basement shows, uh, backyard shows, uh, these, these just friendships record meeting in a record store, like yeah. singles going steady or whatever. Like, yeah. Uh, it's just so amazing. There's only a few places in the world where that really happens in the, the quantity it did up there. And and that's where uh, there's just this really weird fascination with just like discovering all that stuff. Just listening, uh, listening to Pettibone go out. I, I forget the guy's name. There's a podcast he does called uh, we've known we I've known you too long. Was um, it excursion records? Oh, Dave Larson. Yes. Dave Larson. Yeah. His podcast is wonderful, but just listening to Pettibone just talk about all the different bands, like, oh, there was a bass sitting here in this room, and that's how this spawned this, and like, oh, I remember that bass. Like, it's all, yeah. it's so detailed. Yeah, uh, you feel like you're living there, right? Like, it's from- weird. We we got pretty lucky up here. I I think because we're such in an isolated area, mm-hmm. there's not much else to do except you know, create your own punk scene. And so many people gave a shit about it, you know, growing up. So it was just all the friendships that sprung out of that have, you know, lasted. And we're all, you know, in our forties and up into our fifties. Yeah. And here we are still, still at it. Yeah. And still, yeah. Still playing shows, still relevant, still creating new things. Tell mm-hmm. me about going back and playing since, since snakes ended so in such a bad place as far as is substance and not really mm-hmm. being there. What was it like going back and, and revisiting those songs clear headed and from Holy shit, man, I have no idea how I ever played any of these songs. Really? Drunk. It is just like, <laughs> Holy shit, man. Our first practice back last, last summer. Uh, we're like, Oh, let's start with big news. We'll do something easy. No big deal. Mm-hmm. We couldn't get through it at all. It was like an hour and a half of us trying to get through it. It was just like, holy shit, maybe we made a big mistake. We shouldn't have done this. So like we tried to move on to other songs and it, it started to get a little easier. Um, but yeah, it was, it was difficult, man. I had to sit there probably for like two months before we even started, you know, all rehearsing together, mm-hmm. sat there, you know, sitting on my computer, playing through logic and then having, you know, iTunes up playing my own songs, trying to figure out how to do that shit. It was hard. Dude. And then, you know, like you said, the fucking whammy pedal. Yeah. Trying to relearn like how to do some of those parts uh-huh. where I kind of 
do weird shit with it. So it took me a while, man, but yeah, it was, and being clear headed doing yeah. that. Holy shit, man. It's, <laughs> I can't even imagine doing those drunk anymore. You made it look so easy though. Oh my God. You made it look so easy. You just had this like stoic calm about you moving around the stage. Like just like this, like this. Uh, yeah. I guess stoic's the way you can take like putting on a show, but your face, you were just like, it was like, um, uh, who, uh, Boris, if you know Boris, mm -hmm. the band Boris. Oh my so, God. so Wada from Boris is just shredding, but Dude. Your face is completely just calm. Like she's just in meditative mode. Yep. Unreal. She's one of my favorite guitar players of all time, just for that exact reason. Me just too. the like nonchalant fucking, oh, I'm just melting your face. Yes. I don't give a shit. I'm just going to sit yeah. here and do my thing. She's <laughs> incredible. There's a video of her just walking into a guitar store and mm -hmm. there's a whole wall of orange amps and she just walks in, walks past whoever goes up there grabs a guitar just puts it on and just starts shredding shredding you maybe have seen it but like the i haven't seen it's it no I'm so weird but it's like it's just her just blank face just it's crazy it's like watching a doll or something do the most incredible thing you've ever heard without like it's just another i guess tuesday like mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm. and then this happens and then this happens but the emotion is there. It's all in the hands. Totally. And uh, that, yeah, you guys share that for sure. Like that stoic, like that just, it's, it's, it's almost terrifying at times. Cause you're like <laughs> something else should be happening here, but the, just calm and collected. And it, it, it when, when Steve's running around doing it, like flopping around on the floor and, and yeah. Brian's rocking out, like it's just, it compliments everything in such a good way. But uh that's incredible how much it took to get to those songs again. Oh my Playing God, to your own songs so on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would love it if you did those playthrough videos. I know it takes work, but those playthrough videos where you can just, um, I think Steph from oh. the Deftones is doing it now, like almost their whole catalog. Like, uh, like this is how it's actually played. Cause you have like covers on YouTube, right? Mm -hmm. Like people think they know what they're doing. But when the person who wrote it actually does it and you can watch them do right. it, it's super cool, man. It, if you get bored, that would be an awesome idea. Um, That's not a bad one. But uh, And it would help for practice, right? Like you got to practice exactly. stuff to get the video. You can always refer back to it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> um, so with, with, uh, with all this stuff coming back, like revisiting – a part of your life too, like not even just being clear headed, but just revisiting art that you made years mm -hmm. and years back uh, in a new headspace. Did you find yourself going back to that headspace at all? Or was it just like more concerned of getting it down to be able to play it all the way through and not really focusing on kind of like the nostalgia part. It's not to nostalgia at this point. I, that's a bad word to say, I guess, but you know, because no, like, you know what you feel like you hear a record for the first time. You could probably tell yourself where you were when you heard it. Right. Yeah. This is what the car smelled like. This is was the it was summer. It was, you know, it imprints on you. So for being the musician, making it going back and revisiting that, what was that like? You know, it was pretty weird. You know, you start relearning all these things. And like you said, just kind of that spot, you just instantly transported back to, you know, maybe not when you were writing the song, but maybe, 
you know, in the studio, we always had such a good time in the studio and just the experiences that we had in there. We all took mushrooms and tracked one song off Easter and just, you know, I remember that so vividly and just, you know, we had such a good time doing that. It's such a positive experience for everybody. Everybody was just so uh, in the moment and just, you know, creating this psychedelic music while on psychedelics. It was that, that shit was amazing, man. And just kind of remembering back to that. Like, I think nostalgia is probably the perfect word for it. Cause you know, you just start remembering in, of course, there's tons of bad times being being too drunk to play or whatever, but yeah. all that shit melts away, man. It doesn't matter anymore. So it's just remembering the good times, you know, the camaraderie with, you know, some of your best friends in the world. Yeah. And then remembering back to, you know, being in San Falu, uh, in Spain, hanging out on the, uh, on the Mediterranean, just running through the water at, you know, four in the morning, you know, that's the shit that comes back, man. Yeah. Those beautiful moments that imprint on you as well, dude. I remember being in the Swiss Alps in the morning on a foggy morning. We just pulled over for a second and there was just like this, not a lagoon, but like this, this, not even a bad, I don't know what you'd call it. It's not a bay. It's just like this little body of water that was kind of tucked away and the fog was just coming off it. And I was just like, man, we're in the like the Alps right now. Like this is yeah. crazy. Just it's for playing music, isn't it? Yeah. And it's just like I've never seen anything like this. And we grew up in Alaska, for God's sakes. Yep. I've never seen anything like this. We drive five miles down the road, and there's a dude in bikini briefs or like a, <laughs> a speedo, cowboy boots, and a cowboy hat mowing his lawn. That's where he lives, man. And that dude. living his best life right there. Yeah, absolutely. Five miles down More the road. power to him, man. Like, dude, are you kidding me? Exactly. That is amazing. He uh he was he was living his best life for sure. And I'm trying absolutely. I'm trying to did you guys is there a I'm picturing in my mind, this just came to me. But uh it was either a live video or something. I believe it was snakes. It may have been in Paris. But it was like this, like catacombs looking club. Oh yeah, with like uh, so that that was snakes. Then that it's a, yeah, that must was, have been a live uh, video I saw. That um, was our first time in Paris, and we played a the basement of a cafe. Okay, and it was insane. I mean, it was very Parisian. We ended up not even going on until like two or three in the morning. Oh my god! And there had I think there was like eight bands that played that show okay and so it just took forever to get to the point of where we played you know if you weren't down there when that uh songs started for whichever band you weren't getting down there because it was just fucking wall-to-wall packed and then we played and i had to stand with my pedal board between my legs because it was so packed mm-hmm. and then uh there actually ended up being two friends of ours there from the States uh, that were just in Paris and saw that we were playing and they came out to the show. Uh, They had to hold on to my head, my amp because people were so rowdy and just having such a good time. Like that show was incredible. 
Just like the Jerry's Pizza of Paris. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the, the Jerry's Pizza basement. Uh, dude, yes. Yeah, so you're familiar with Jerry's Pizza. <laughs> yeah. I literally, t- tying back to, to Brian's playing with, I had Jonathan Davis from Corn on the show a couple weeks ago. It's not out yet, but we talked about Jerry's Pizza because we uh-huh. got a base stolen from there. Like, just ran, grabbed it and ran out the stairs and just took off the whole tour chase. It was with Poison Well <laughs> and like these nice GNL bases or two bases, right? Grabbed two bases. The bass player was played for Candiria, I believe, and he was filling in for Poison Well. And so we got his mm-hmm. bases stolen, stolen on a tour. He was filling in for somebody. For oh, somebody. yeah. Terrible, terrible. Um, but dude, okay, so I, I'm really curious, and this is just a selfish, selfish, uh, question, but, uh, Crazy Woman, Dirty Train. Mm-hmm. Writing that riff, that is one of my favorite riffs of all time. That that intro riff with the the yeah, you you do that stuff so well. But how do riffs like that come to you? Did that just happen at a practice, or did you sit down and write that? Brian wrote that riff. Really? Yeah. Brian was incredible at writing those types of riffs wow and it was that that song took quite a while to to write is you know because the arrangement is so uh-huh. insane yeah um so yeah that that song bubbles god was man. the catalyst for that one bubbles. <laughs> hey tell me about this song you didn't write god damn it brian <laughs> oh. all good man I will see that. I love that riff, but also like abracadabra, like stuff like that. Did that happen at practice or was that like sit down, write it? Like uh, how did those. A lot of what we did was at practice. It was just in a jam room, just going. Yeah. Man. So you just get that magic. That's such a cool feeling when stuff like that just happens. Oh, totally. When it all just kind of falls into place. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, man. Okay. So. The, the 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 double LP is coming out this month or April. So tomorrow is April. It uh, is yeah. almost April. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then so you got the tour coming in in uh, June July. Yeah. Uh, Dust Moth touring in the fall. Yeah. What is, are you working a day job then right now? Like I, you? Yeah, I do. Um, I work for a direct marketing firm. Okay. Doing graphic design stuff. Perfect. So right in your ballpark. <laughs> Yeah. And so basically when COVID hit, we all started working from home. And then once everything started freeing up, our boss was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to get rid of our office. Everybody just work from home from here on out. So I spend all day at home with my dogs. Uh It's pretty, pretty amazing. (laughs) That's incredible, dude. Mm -hmm. Talk about landing on your feet. That's exactly that's how I think things are going to change drastically with where I work construction now and like we're building offices and hotels and stuff. I think it's going to go away. A lot of it's going to go away where people are going to be working from home because you can, yeah. why have the extra expense? Exactly. People are happier. There's less traffic. Yep. I mean, if you remember traffic during COVID, it was like, what? Even when I went to Seattle, like four Oh five, I'm just like, what time is it? <laughs> I didn't even push my brakes. Shouldn't it be a parking lot right now? Yeah, it was wonderful. Even going through Bellevue, it was just like, really? Yeah. It's a ghost town. 
not that I would want that to ever come back, but the the traffic situation was and just thinking about or from podcasting. Mm-hmm. Everyone started a podcast during the pandemic, but listenership went down because no one had yeah. a commute. Yeah, that's it's so insane weird. you mentioned that because I used to have like probably 10 to 15 podcasts that I would listen to every day during my commute. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as COVID hit, it just kind of changed the way that I had everything set up and I stopped listening to my podcast. Fucking sucks, dude. dude. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly yep. what happened. It's like, wait, shouldn't it be going up? <laughs> but now, I live in Tacoma now. Okay. And uh, I dust mop practices in Seattle. So that's when I get my podcast time in is on during that commute. Nice, dude. I, I mm-hmm. almost moved to Tacoma. I moved to Puyallup instead, but uh, briefly. Then I went back to Renton and then back down to Portland. But yeah, I love mm-hmm. I love Tacoma. Um there's just so much, so much cool stuff there. It's such a, a cool town just to drive through even, and just look at all yeah. the art and, and, uh, they've really done amazing things with it for over the years. Totally. Um, that make it just a, a, a great spot and, and so much good music coming from there, man. Sure is. <laughs> uh, dude, I well, thank you so much for, for coming oh, on the thank show, you, man. man. I this appreciate you doing this. Dude, I've I've been looking forward to it and and uh like I I like I said, been on my list for years. It's just a matter I and we have a lot of mutual friends too. That's what's so funny. Uh especially being from Seattle, like uh, and it's just always on my list, always on my list. And then when I saw that that email come out from Stephanie, I was like, Can we get Ryan on the show? And she's like, <laughs> Well, well, Brian's doing press for it. And I was like, Yep, Brian's been on the show. Can we get Ryan? And then she tech as I'm responding. She was like, hey, what kind of availability do you have for Ryan? I was like, how about tomorrow? It'll Ooh, work. Yeah. And I was like, yes, okay. Because I just want yeah, to pick I'm your free brain. all the fucking time, man. Dude. <laughs> well, you're welcome back on any time, man. I, uh, this oh, has been awesome. And, and I just want to pick your brain about so many things because I've just been Absolutely, curious for man. so long. But uh, I appreciate you suffering the punishment of that because uh, I usually don't do that. But in this case, I was really curious on a lot of things because <laughs> I'm a big fan. And, uh, uh, you just you're just doing amazing stuff and and, and it's going to outlast both of us uh it's a wonderful thing to put it out there in the world like that um yeah it's a brave thing to do and uh like i say always i mean just i appreciate the time um because you'd be doing literally anything else um oh dude this is an honor for me man i appreciate you doing this dude, this is really cool absolutely man absolutely pleasure is all mine and and uh i'll let you get back to your your evening and and uh doing cool shit man hang with the dogs whatever whatever it is yeah um but yeah like i said you're welcome back anytime and maybe maybe when you come through in the fall we'll just do one in person when you're down here in portland dude that sounds awesome awesome well good luck oh. with everything man and and uh yeah feel free I, I can i can give my contact information to uh stephanie she can pass it along please do keep in yeah. touch because this I has been great that. awesome my friend well yeah Very get back cool. to your night have a good night and and uh i'll be in touch when this is coming out and and it's been awesome Cool. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate you. You bet. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Ryan Fredrickson from These Arms Are Snakes. He's also from Narrows. He's got a band now, Dust Moth, that is incredible. Uh, Nine Iron Spitfire. Dude is prolific. And like I said in the episode and in the intro, one of my favorite guitar players of the last 20 years. Absolutely. Uh, I've seen him play so many times, and I was just stoked to get this one on the books and... He was just a fantastic guest, as I, I figured he would be. 
Uh, he doesn't do a lot of these, I don't think. I don't think he does a lot of interviews. I haven't seen very many, um, but I was glad to be in that small group uh, that gets to chat. And uh, hopefully, when they start touring again, uh, we will get to see him with Dustmoth. Uh, and also some of these, these arms are snakes reunion tour stuff. I mean, this is awesome news because that band is incredible. Um, so go check them out if you haven't already. Thank you guys for coming back week after week. I really, really appreciate it. Um, we've got a lot, like I said, a lot coming, a lot in the can, uh, ready to go. And we're just waiting to release it. Next week is going to be a massive guest. I'm not going to release who it is yet. Uh, but you guys will be, uh, I don't know if you'd be surprised. You may be stoked. You may be bummed. I don't know, but it's a huge guest. Um, and I'm stoked. I've been trying for years to get him on and it worked. So hopefully you guys will enjoy it. Anyway, uh, I'm going to get out of here, get back to the Easter stuff. Um, yeah, when you got kids and you're not religious, you still have to play along. So, uh, I really appreciate it guys. Thanks for sticking with me. Uh, I love each and every one of you guys very much. Do something kind for someone else this week. And as always, we'll see you on the radio. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.